Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to another week of the NRL Supercoach Talk Draft Waiver Wire podcast. It's uh, the week two edition for the Waiver Wire, first one of the season. Uh, Chris and Simon back with you again. How you going, mate? Oh, mate. Injuries have already stacked up. I'm not bloody happy. Can't avoid them, mate. It's another season of woe. Anyway, let's get some bloody waivers so I can fix this side of mine that's already struggling. Hello, <laughs> listeners. How are you? Yeah, you're going well to start the year, aren't you? Yeah, Tommy Turbo, David North, Luma, and bloody big Jason Frizzell has ruptured enough. Uh, hats off to the fella, but thank you very much for another injury. And just to throw it in, my little project player, Tyron Roberts, has also gone down. So it's been a rough start, uh, not going to lie, but uh, thankfully this is a hell of a long season and uh, we're going to turn it around. I guess um, I guess I'll, I hate to sort of harp on the... The, the the wound you've got there with with Tommy Turbo, but I guess I'll just sort of throw to you and just sort of ask, you know, we drafted pretty early this year, much earlier than we ever do, just because we had to, we had to get a weekend that stuck for everyone. Um, Tommy T, you took him second overall, um, just got really really unlucky, or would you do it? Would would you do it again? Yeah, I, I still feel I would because I got Josh Johnson in round three who I still, you know, obviously had the 80 minutes, didn't score hugely because I didn't need to on the weekend. I think that combination of Turbo and Hodgson long-term, I'm still happier with that than, say, Cook and RTS. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Obviously, uh, week one, you'd rather have the Cook-RTS combo, uh, which would have been available in our 10-team league. But uh, I'll, I'll stick with my guns for now. No, I'll tell you what, bloody RTS, didn't he look good on the weekend? Holy yeah. God. Uh, good look, mate. That was there was that whole feel good factor. Um, you know, hats off to the uh, Christchurch situation and the victims there, and, and anyone involved, and even just the nation itself. That's I've got a lot of mates in Christchurch, and that was just you know that's just horrible. Um, and I feel like the, it was really an awesome thing that the Warriors came out and played as well as they did. Um, and, and you know, with the doubts over their side, little Aaron, Adam Kieran, who we'll talk about a bit uh, a bit later on as well. But that was really a feel good factor to see Roger in full flight was pretty awesome. Yeah, no, he, he played played really good. And, um, yeah, the Bulldogs looked absolutely crap. So, I mean, n- not to take anything away from the Warriors, you just got to play the side that's in front of you. But um, I think if you were an RTS owner, you would definitely be really buoyed by that performance week one. It's um, hopefully it's something that he can just keep building off. And, you know, he's a Dalian medalist for a reason. So, you know, you've got to be pretty happy with that selection after one round. Just want to quickly touch on that, uh, the, the Bulldogs. I think special mention to the Bulldogs and the Titans. Um, it, it's going to be long seasons for those two sides. I think it's pretty clear. And 
I the only risk about putting a punt on either of those two for the spoon is they're going to be likely as rough as each other. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good good luck to those fans. Hang in there. Yeah, it's going to be a long old year. All right, mate. Let's um let's get into the first waiver wire of the season. This is always one of the biggest shows, the the first one of the year, just because it's our first chance to have finally seen these guys perform, and we've kind of got some some data to go off, and just also just. The, plain old eye test week one just to sort of see what sort of rotations coaches are going with and that sort of thing. Um, more often than not, you're going to find a couple of big names come off waivers after the first week of the year, whether it's just your due injury or someone that's just sort of slipped through the cracks of, of draft leagues. Um, I don't really see that player sort of glaring us in the face after one week, but they kind of just sneak their way through Sometimes you don't even have to spend the first waiver on them. Sometimes they can be that sort of third or fourth guy picked up off waivers that just could sort of keep on going. It's like even when George Burgess come through the league, I remember he just sort of had that whole persona of everyone was thinking, oh, he's just not going to keep it up. Surely he can't keep it up. But then 20 rounds later, he's just there smashing the league and he was the, the gem of the year. So these first few weeks, even if someone doesn't, um, it'll kind of stand out amongst the pack. I think it's still worth an ad because you just never know if they're going to keep on going throughout the year. So I guess we'll get straight into the um, the games and just we'll, we'll kind of touch on our priority list towards the end. Um, I guess we'll kick it off first with the Thursday night game, which is the Dragons at home to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Should be a cracker, mate. Absolutely. Like, uh, that, to me... I was surprised with just how good South were, and I feel like the Dragons, I still think they're a good side, uh, albeit Tyson Brazil's a pretty big loss, but this should be a ripper of a game. Yeah, it does shake to be a really good game, especially since the Dragons lost week one. Yeah. Coming back home at Jubilee, I think their time is is, is now to try and bounce back and show their home fans what they're made of, um, especially if they are sort of wanting to be a top four side. It's a big game early in the year. Um, so, guys, it went well for the Dragons week one. I mean, Jordan Pereira got across the stripe uh, week one. Would he be someone on the on the waiver wire that you'd be looking at? I'm fine enough with him as like a four CTW on rotation. I wouldn't be burning a claim, um, especially with Lomax just sitting there sniffing around anywhere in that back line. So, I, I like him, mate. If you can pick him up as a free agent or you, you know, you're bloody ninth or tenth on the waiver, you know, knock yourself out if you've got an injury to one of your CTWs. Yep. Um, I, I personally would probably prefer um, the other winger, which is Ravalawa. He didn't do too much in, in his first game in the in the league. I think he he based okay for a, a rookie winger. I think he got thirty two from memory. Um, so he's he's someone I'd probably prefer just for that base, and he just looks like he's got a bit more attack in him that, um, that, than Pereira. So I'd probably go go Ravalawa, but like you said, not really, not really someone I'll be spending a, a claim on. I don't think. Um, I feel like those two, mate, they're going to come up in a, but uh, both of them will come up sort of throughout the season in good matchups. Like where the Dragons have got a weaker side at home, for example, I think they'll be you know very um, usable players. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, let's go down the list then. So um, Jacob Host performed quite well, and anyone who plays in the cl- in the classic version of the game would kind of be attuned to to host minutes and, and output. Does that make him a waiver guy for you? 
Yes, it does, mate. I'm going to go out and limb here and say that it definitely does because if that injury now, Tyson Frizzell's um, uh, ruptured nut can, can keep you out for a decent amount of time. I think this, historically you can come back with one or two weeks, but let's assume Tyson's out for a good few weeks. Um, obviously, the Bellin saga rolls on. You've got to feel that that spot for him is pretty secure in those minutes. Um, and, if you know, whether he's a season-long prospect is here nor there. But for someone that is struggling to, you know, in the forwards to start the season, I think he's at least a mid-level claim for mine. Yeah, I I really like his chances of... I know he's never played an 80-minute game in first grade, but I reckon this week's his chance. Yeah. Um, yep. You can't lose Tyson Frizzell and replace him with Blake Laurie, who's a noted you know, small minutes, kind of 40 to 45-minute, incapable of playing 80, really, with his frame. Yep. Um, yep. You can't lose those minutes and not expect someone to benefit, and I think it will be host uh, and probably a little bit of Paul Vaughan as well um, in the front row. So those two guys should see an increase in minutes. Obviously, Tarek already plays 80, so um, I, I kind of like host as a, as a play this week and, and potentially for the next couple of weeks while Frizzell's out. Um, once Frizzell's out, though, it might change, but, yeah, for the next couple of weeks, he's good. Which will be interesting because, like, if, you know, with the development saga as well, you know, he played the 67 minutes on the weekend. Uh, you know, 80 minutes, he looks like a good solid 50 average player. And that, that, that's not too bad for your front row, especially. Yeah, that's true. He's got the jewel, which is always handy. Um, so what about Blake Laurie then? I kind of touched on him there um, just with his lack of minutes. Do you think he's anything worth picking up? I, I can't. I can't get on board with it for the reasons you just mentioned. And I, I don't feel like I need to add much more. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it. He's not even a free agent for me. I think he just... No, I, I can't, mate. He, he, he's just something about it. It just looks like, as you said, 80, 80 hosts, 80 sims, and Laurie rotated through. Um, oh, yeah, I, I'm not on board. Yeah, especially with Duffy on the bench is a weird kind of rotation they've got there at the Dragons. They've, they've just got Leilua, Kerr, and Lattimore to kind of spell Graham Vaughan and now, now that lock position, so... I don't think Laurie will see a huge increase in minutes, if at all. Is there just a little sneaky interest in James Graham with that rotation that he might actually go back to just enough minutes to make him, you know, somewhat relevant? Yeah, yeah. Look, he did perform really well, James Graham, the other day. The problem with him is that over the last season and a half, probably, he's kind of really started to slow down from a ability kind of standpoint. He's kind of just your more plotting type player now. He, he uh, is, but I, I think that plotting style, he's still busy and he's not running as many decoys, obviously, as he was back in the Dogs. I know it was a couple of years ago. I think there's a fair chance he's, he does hit the minutes he kind of did this week, at least until Tyson comes back. Like 57 minutes at roughly, let's say he's just come down from that 1.1 sort of PPM that he's been known for. Let's say he is like a 0.9 guy. That's still a sneaky low-end starter. Um, I'm okay with a free agent, potentially very low claim there, at least till Tyson comes back. So so what are you pegging for points-wise this week then? Do you kind of... Sort of like around somewhere between 50 and 60 looks sort of... Re- like I think that's a reasonable expectation. Um, and for those who went a bit weaker in the front row as I do, like that's not a bad option, I guess. Um, don't go burning a high-end claim, whatever you do. But, you, you know, he, he could be a decent stopgap if you're struggling in the front row. Yeah, that's true. He got 57 minutes for 53 points last week. So I guess you could expect, expect something like that again, uh, especially coming up against his his countrymen and Sammy Burgess. So he's always, he always aims up in those matches. So over the south then, um, 
not a, not a lot of changes. Their side, I think, is is unchanged from week one. Um, I guess the big waiver guy for South Sydney is Braden Burns with how he performed um, against Joey Manu week one, uh, scoring the 80s with, with no major attacking stats. He just had a lot of tackle busts. Uh, what do you think of Burnsy? Well, he's flashed before. Um, he was good for me. I, I remember plugging him in for a few weeks for me last season. I mean, he, he did a great job hitting a lot of attacking stats. So playing, that was as a winger, but playing in the centres. I mean, any centre that's doing tackle bus, mate, that, that's something you've got to pay attention to. I've got a feel you take a flyer. There's a CTW emerges every year, don't they? And it's always in a team that is going to be either going better than you expect or just, you know, a team just killing it. And there's a fair chance South could be a lot, again, a lot better than I expected. I'm fine. Take a flyer. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably should just backtrack a little bit there. I, I did overstay him quite a lot. Um, 70 points in uh, 80 minutes with a try assist and a line break assist. So a base of 34 is probably um, – well, well, that's what he did last week. So I probably oversold him a bit. The 34, again, it's one of those ones, mate. We know that CTWs just pop up every year that, are, you know, are above their station. Obviously, that great start and that huge win against your boys. Like, I, he could be the guy. I, I, he's one of those ones got that little feel about it to me that I'm, I'm okay with a, a, a sort of mid-wave of pump. Yeah, no, he's, he's probably worth a mid, mid-tier mid claim. Um, and that's pretty much it for South. Let's move on to the next game of the round, which is the Raiders at home to the Storm. Um, now, the Canberra Raiders have got huge news with Jordan Rapinoe back again, back only round two after he was sort of expected to miss first nine to ten rounds. Special mention to the uh, gentleman in our league uh, who decided to draft him in round three. I think we mentioned it first, the preseason. Didn't even realise he's injured and now has got rewarded for that. So well done, you genius. <laughs> Isn't it just crazy? The amount of effort people put into this, old mate just rocks up, doesn't have a bloody idea. Round three, Jordan Rapana, and here you go. Here you go, mate. Have him have him round two. How lucky. How lucky. It's, it, it's, it's honestly disgusting. Uh, I have a lot of time for Rapana, but I just that makes me a little bit sick in the stomach. So... Why bother even preparing, mate? It's all a luck game. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's, it's so funny that it is Rapana because just a bit of history for our league. I think it was last year he, he had a hamstring injury and was expected to be up for essentially the rest of the Supercoach season. Um, the guy who owned him was in sort of the mix to make finals, so he, he dropped him based off the news he was going to be up for so long. And literally like a day or two later, the news came out that it was not as bad as first thought, and he, he, um, I think he was back within two or three weeks, and he just got dropped onto the waiver. It's just, it's funny that Rapan is that same guy again. His healing power just ceases, yeah. ceases to amaze me. Jordan, quick healer, Rapana. He's bloody, he's on fire, the kid. But good, good to see. Like it's good for the Raiders um, in a big clash here against the Storm. Um, obviously, a bit of a cakewalk in in week one. Um, I think the big news here for us, mate, apart from, look, Rappen is going to have been drafted. Obviously, guys, if you're in leagues where you're just sitting there, you know, number one waiver claim, piece of cake, don't even think about it. The big news is just how big a bust Josh Papali could be this year. Do you want to explain to the listeners why that is? Yeah, look, if you week one, minutes-wise, the Raiders' rotation was one of the more interesting rotations you've seen for quite some time. 
they actually had their hooker, both second rowers, and their lock all play 80 minutes, um, which is obviously just horrendous news for, for the front rowers in any sort of rotation like that. Um, Papali got 47 minutes, and his starting partner, Liu, got oh, – sorry, Dynamis Louis got 25 minutes. Um, and then off the bench, you've got 45 minutes for Soliola, 25 minutes for Horsburgh, 18 for Havili, and 12 for Sutton. So if you add up Liu, Louis, Horsburgh, Havili, and Sutton, that's that's 80. Um, and then Papali and Soliola have shared that one position with um, – there was 12 minutes left over, which I believe um, Bateman pushed out to play in the centres. Um, Kotrick, uh, sorry, Kotrick moved across to the right-hand side to give uh, Bailey Simonson a spell. So now that Rapana's back, um, that 12 minutes that was being shared extra between those two might even decrease even further. So Papali seeing 47 minutes is a real concern. If that's the ceiling for his minutes-wise this year, um, you've got to be majorly concerned with Papali going forward, I reckon. Yeah, I think there's a lot of leagues that they'll probably not be onto this yet. I can't – there's too big a risk to not act now. I think you're not even necessarily selling low. I think just try and sell on the name now. Um, try and get something back to your side. So I think there's – the writing is on the wall there. It, look, it could turn around. This could be just one of those weak, you know, weird week one things. But – we, we weren't that excited about Papali in the front row to start the season anyway. We weren't expecting the minutes to be distributed like this. So, because traditionally, Stewart has obviously rotated his lock uh, quite consistently. Like, he only gives his lock between 50 and sort of 60 minutes. If Bateman is indeed an 80 minute player, oh, try and get something back from Papali. Sell on the name. Yeah. Because, like, if, it, if Papali is going to be relevant, then that means that. Someone out of Tarpany, Whitehead, or Bateman is going to have to lose 15 minutes somewhere. It, it might be Bateman, and he, Papali might be fine. But I mean, it's only week one. But geez, it's pretty hard to. Um, it's pretty, you know, the, the the data you've got after a small sample size of one week, it's it's not looking good for for Big Papi. Um, but anyway, that's just kind of all we have to talk about for the Raiders. I don't think there's anyone really waverable um, no. other than Bateman if he didn't get drafted, which I would imagine he would have in, in most leagues. Um, if also, sorry, what were you saying? Sorry, I was going to say, also, to anyone that drafted Bateman, Bateman a bit later, um, if you're somehow Nostradamus and knew that this 80-minute sort of role was coming for him in a Ricky Stewart side, I say good luck to you. Uh, there's a bit of fortune attached to that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going to say on that. I think it's a bit a bit lucky, but if you've got Bateman there, that, that could go really well for you. Um, but yeah, this is one of those things. Let's let's see how it plays out. All right, mate. On to the storm then. Um, now from Melbourne, uh, you got Kenny Bromwich, which is probably the big name to talk about here. Uh, he played seventy three minutes, I think it was on the weekend. Um, if he's playing seventy three minutes and is starting for the storm in the back row, normally you'd be saying, well, he has kind of has to be mentioned. But I don't know. He's just not really someone that I'm overly drawn to, to be honest, old Cabron. He's got a sneaky bit of upside in him. Uh, you know, likes, he can be a flashy player at times, little, little Kenny Bromwich, but I I think Stimson can't be too far away, but it is interesting that Stimson's not even on the extended bench. So maybe there's a bit of a, a run in the side, um, but I just, I feel like it's Stimson's spot to lose when he's fit. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're probably right. I, I just wouldn't be spending the waiver on on a guy that I don't think keeps his spot for that much longer. So, yeah, not too much doing for the Storm. Um, also, special mention to Nelson Sofa Solomona. I I don't think I've seen a front, front row forward or any player have have a shorter stint than he had second stint the other night against the Broncos. I feel like he came on and was off literally five minutes later. It was it was. He might have had like one run and went off. It was just the weirdest road. <laughs> really nice. All right, mate, on the next game on Friday, uh, 6.55 p.m. at Suncorp, the Broncos at home to the Cowboys. Uh, wholesale changes for the Bronx, um, obviously with Matty Lodge getting suspended for that that tackle um, midair the other night. So he's gone for a couple of weeks with T's, uh, TPJ start front row. Um Jaden Sewers copped the axe and he's moved back to the bench with David Fafita being named to start in the 12 jersey. And also your mate James Roberts has been named to play. So he's obviously not quite locked in yet. He's still going to get through the week to see how his spasms are going. Um, what's your thoughts on the Bronx? I thought Jack Bird, for all the flack he's copped this week, I thought other than that one play, I thought he was running with a bit of authority as the game wore on. Um, little, little interest in Jack Bird. Yeah, they might. Sneaky 5-8 eligible as well, which is kind of handy. Bit of upside. I, mate, I, I think he's a good low. I don't still think, you know, if you've got leagues where people are just hating on him, especially Broncos fans after that, you know, unfortunate incident where he got crunched, I, I'd be buying super low. See, if just, just flat out a terrible offer and see if you can pick him up, I think he could be quite useful as the season wears off. Yeah, I'd, I'd be wavering for him if he was available in free agent. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll waver him. I think there's something there this year. Really liked what I saw. Um other than that, mate, I mean, David Fafita is obviously the name worth discussing here. What What are your thoughts? He's He's got a start. Um, obviously, the uh, Gillett remaining at 13 is interesting. I don't know for how much longer. Um, and Pangai Jr. moving into the front row, obviously, with, with um, Lodge suspended. So is this really what the makeup of the Bronx lineup will be once Lodge is back? Obviously not. But Pangai moving to the front row as opposed to Gillett rotating to the, the edge, that's the interesting story for me. Yeah, what I think is going to happen with the Broncos is well, last week Sua started and Fafita was on the bench and, and obviously they've flip-flopped it this week. I kind of getting the sense that Glenn's going to get his 80 minutes on that one edge. Yes. I think Fafita and Sua are going to spell each other in that other in that sec- other second row spot. I think you're right. Um, and obviously Gillett kind of just pays 55 minutes for a while and gets a bit of a spell. Um, the reason why I think Sue is back on the bench more so this week is I think he's more likely to, to rotate through the front row. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Sue, Fwegler, and Fensum. Two of those guys are going to have to rotate through through prop, and one's going to have to rotate through either Gillett or Fafita. Um, <coughs> so you'd imagine that would be Sue with Fwegler and Fensum going through the front row. I really don't think there'll be too many minutes to be had between those bench players this week, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. without um, without Lodge, I think the the front or well, the starting the starting pack will probably see bigger minutes, but it's it's gonna be a fluid situation until you kind of get Lodge back to kind of understand how the rotation's being run there by um by Seabold. Well here's one for you then. So I'm with you. I think you nailed the rotation there in terms of minutes. Is Alex Glenn a sneaky low-end starter with his weird upside that he has if he's locked into 80 minutes, or is he at the back end of his career too much that he shouldn't be considered? Oh, I've never really 
being an Alex Glenn guy in fantasy, but I don't really have a reason for it. I just kind of – he's just not – and look, that's the thing. There honestly is no reason for it because his stats are what they are. Mm. He does have sneaky try upside. He's just not a guy that I'm – I'm overly drawn to because he doesn't really have any trade value. No one's really interested in him. No, he's he's always comes up in these waiver discussions, and there's been a few times in over the years I've got I've thought, you know what, is he really the worst third um, to RF with a little bit of try scoring upside and a base of about like let's about forty is pretty safe for him. Like he doesn't doesn't hit fifty very often, but he'll get between forty and fifty quite a lot. Yeah, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he ends up playing centre. Or he, uh, you know, plays a sixty-five minute game and scores thirty something. He's just that sort of guy. He's a little bit like Josh Jackson has been, but obviously a worse version of Josh Jackson. Um, the only thing making me think that maybe he's a bit safer this year is you've got like a Katoni Stags on the bench who, as we saw, will come in and play center if need be, but is versatile enough to play somewhere else. Yeah, the big thing is that it's just it's just Gillett being lock. You know, he's the number mm. one second rower there. With Gillett is out of the picture. Yeah, Glenn's the last one losing eighty out of Fafita Asur and yeah, TPJ is more of a lock than than he is second oh, second rower. So yeah. Griffin's come out and said he wants Pangai Junior playing in the middle. So Glenn is pretty secure in his role, which is weird to say. Like he's yeah, he's not the least naturally gifted of all of the players there. Um, but he's definitely the safest. I I could get around. I'm going to go as far as to say I think he's at least a decent free agent pickup, especially if you you know needy in the se- second row. It's not. I think that's the other thing because it's such a deep position. Maybe this is where you know people aren't going to need to run out and grab an Alex Glenn. But I think he's he's an okay low end option. Yeah. All right. So yeah, David Fafita is kind of you, you you way over there. We'll move on. Um, Onto the Cowboys, so th- their team's pretty unchanged as well. I guess for waivers, um, we've got Tamari Martin written down here, the guy we kind of wanted to discuss, just because he looked pretty good on the weekend. Um, I'd much prefer him if he was playing fullback, obviously. I, I kind of liked it when he filled in there when he was on for Kahu, just for that those brief few minutes the other weekend um, when Kahu was off for the HIA. But, I mean, as a 5'8", I could take him or leave him, but I wouldn't be wavering. I think he's one for our larger league listeners, so twelve and sixteen team leagues. Uh, I think there's a chance that he was still he might be wait, like sitting around, or at the very least, he's you know a reserve in people's sides. I gotta like the look of the Cowboys side though, Simon. Like I think this team should be set up to score points with Michael Morgan looking pretty good at, at, at halfback. I'm okay in, in you know, 16 and, and 14 and 12-team leagues. I think he's waverable because uh, I, I think he's talented. I, I've liked him since I first saw him. So I, I reckon he's going to have a, a, enough good games to warrant a uh, pickup in bigger leagues. Let's, uh, let's move off of that. We won't harp on too much about Tamari. Um, I want him, mate. You can hear me harping. I'm harping hard. Yeah, I just don't really – I don't know. I just don't really feel it with him, hey. I just don't – I know he's talented and all, but he's how many times have we been burned by this by Tamari Martin? Like we always talk about him every year, thinking saying this, he's so talented, he's this, he's that, but he's never strung consistent supercoach scores together. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Yeah. I, I hear you. Um, I want to believe this is his first chance to really lock down a spot with, you know, not JT being there, just just him and Morgan, who's obviously a developing player. I Yeah. Right, let's move off him. I've had enough of him. Um, I've had enough too. I'm, I feel sick of, I'm sick of talking to him as well right well, now. Sharks and the Titans. Now, yep. Sharks, probably the biggest, biggest movers here is obviously the, the two second rowers, Nakora and Capewell. Capewell definitely would have been drafted, so he's probably not going to be on waivers. Nakora... Uh, I took in round 17 of our league. So I imagine there'd be a few leagues out there where he didn't get snapped up. Um, if he if he wasn't snapped up, how high would you be wavering for Britain Nakora? Yeah, you, you can argue with a, you know any any draft pick you've got, really. I mean, he's going to play 80 minutes. Is that is that disappearing at any stage? No, I don't think so. Not, not with the news of Gallon saying he's probably going to play 40 to 50 minutes this year. I reckon you could go at first overall. Yeah, I would. With the dual, with the that um, centre wing eligibility. Yeah, I reckon you'd go there. Um, yep. All right, Titans. Now for the Titans, have made a couple of changes through the injury. Um, Ash Taylor and your mate Tyron Roberts are both gone. Riley Jacks comes in to start at halfback, and Brimson starts at five eight. Um, which also sees that the Don the Don's back. He's he's on the wing with Sammy pushed back to the bench, which is a bit weird. Um, but Alexander Brimson's the name you want to know about here. Um, he, he probably could be out there in a few waivers because he he was looking to be a bench player to start the season and, and would probably would have been drafted as such. Uh, how high are you on AJ Brimson? Talented man. I I love watching him play in the little sample we have. Uh, it's it's a rough side, but at least with no Ash Taylor there this week, Brimson's going to get his hand on the ball a lot here. Um, it's going to be a tough old sledding at Shark Park, so would I expect him to hit a lot upside? Potentially not. Do I see the chance for some garbage time points? You bet I do. So I think he is waverable. I think also with Tyrone being injured for at least, I, I think it was somewhere in the vicinity of three to four weeks, uh, there's a chance he runs with his spot and never looks back. Yeah, I do agree. He he could just keep that for the rest of the year if he plays well. I think I'd use I'd use any claim. I I'd be quite happy to burn even a first to get Brimson here. Yeah, he's he's got to be in their side. The way that their team is structured, he's got to be in it. I reckon. Yeah, uh, I know Ash Taylor says he likes to play with Tyron Roberts, but if their best team is Brimson in the six, he's got to be in the six. Well, let, let's be honest. If you're a Michael Gordon owner, this hasn't gone very well for you. At the moment, it looks like his position is secure. But if Brimson lights it up and Taylor truly has that you know, level of respect and control over the side, that fullback spot will be Brimson's if he yeah. plays well. Yeah, Brimson should be fullback, but that's a discussion for another day. Okay, mate, on to you boys, the Newcastle Knights. Jeez, it's been a while since you've been 1-0. Well, it feels like it would have been a while. 
yeah, mate, that that's good to see against the Sharks as well. Like that's just that's a great start. And then you see like at home now to Penrith. I mean, the excitement's growing, and it it's a good looking side. And I'm not going to go too you know big fanboy here. Obviously, my Knights, but like David Clever was so pumped when we signed him, and well done, delivered. Yeah, he was really bloody good, wasn't he? 60-odd 60, 60 points in 60-odd minutes, which is what you want from the big boy up the front. Um, so, waivers, mate. I see you having SES. He's found his way back onto the uh, interchange bench. He'd be, he'd be on waivers in a lot of leagues. What are you, What's your thoughts there? Can you get excited about that at all? Oh, not really. I don't think so. Like, They've just got so many players that are kind of similar level, don't they? I mean, Guerra, Barnett, SESE, Glasby, they're kind of all interchangeable, really, and that's the rotation they kind of go through. So, I mean, Herman's fine, but I think he's, his value's dropped for, a, for good reason. So uh, he's not someone that I'm overly interested in. I think I kind of get the feeling he's only there just because of Sophie getting injured. So who knows if he'll still be there in a few weeks once... Once Sofidi comes back, so I probably wouldn't be wavering for him, and I'd, I'd wait and see on him. Um, not much else for you, for your Newcastle Knights, I don't think, in terms of uh, in terms of waivers. Nah, nothing really there, mate. Uh, I think it, it's interesting to see how this back row rotation, or indeed the forward rotation, plays out. Um, with Sione still an odd choice in the back row, but obviously, win round one will keep Mitch Barnett on the bench. So, yep, that's uh, a bit. A bit interesting, but I mean, Sione Matadi, you, you kind of think he would have um, got Hamill Hunt spot out in the centres, but he's, he's, Sione Matadi, he's kind of very much like Alex Glenn to me in my eyes. I just don't really, don't really get overly excited about him. He just doesn't score as many tries as Glenn does. Yep, yeah, fair enough. Um, all right, on to the Penrith Panthers. Now, there's been a few things, few changes here. Um, with Jack Hetherington moving out or Fisher-Harris to take a second-row spot and Harmay Sele to get named at lock. I know he did start there the other day, but he's he's been cleared of any injury and he's back. So named to start. You also see Katoa come in to start at, uh, at hooker there. Uh, James Fisher-Harris is the biggest name in terms of waivers here. We want to kind of discuss for Penrith. Playing in the... Uh, second row, last week he scored 61 in base, which is very good, played 60-odd minutes as well. What do you make of Fisher-Harris now that he's kind of got that that edge spot? Interesting one, obviously, with that uh, kick out to return at some point, not too far away, we think. Uh, I like him when he's getting the minutes, so I've got to think he's good for at least until kick out comes back. Um, but he's just really a guy... I liken him a fair bit to, like, say, Gavin Cooper when Cooper was sort of humming along. Um, sort of a, a low 40s, which will, with every now and again hitting something, you know, attacking with his typical minutes around about that sort of 50, 55. With the extra minutes he got last week, obviously his score was a bit, you know, a bit better. But I, I'm not too excited about him long term. No, no, not really. I think pretty much exactly what you said. I think he's, those inflated minutes were crazy with... Selly going off and then Isaiah Yo getting concussed. It's probably he's going to be fine, but really good for the next few weeks. But yeah, once he, once Kiki comes back, will be the real test for what Fisher Harris's value is really. And James Tarlow. Wow. Speaking of inflated minutes <laughs> of injury, <laughs> holy shit. 
Wow, inflated minutes and scores a line break try. Let someone else in your league burn their high-end claim on him. Yes, there are these random fluke guys that have big seasons, but if it's James Tarmow, mate, we're, we're in the wrong business. Surely that's not what's happening here. No, no. Oh, do not spend a waiver on him. Pick him up as a free agent only. That's my advice for, he, for him, I would say. Yeah, pick, play him for a couple of weeks, realise that he's you know going to get 40 minutes and score you about between 35 and 45 points and drop him again. Yeah, no, it's just that's just how how it rolls when minutes get inflated in games. Unfortunately, all right, mate. On the Manly um, Seagulls at home to the Sydney Roosters, which is a Saturday six thirty five pm game. Um, now, for Manly, you've got Adam Newell Blake, who would have featured quite highly in this waiver show had he not been suspended for a week. Um, let's just say, like, if you do want for Newell Blake, you're probably going to have to waiver him this week. Um, what do you recommend for um, potential for Noah Blake owners? I'll probably surprise you here, I think. I reckon he's a real talented player. Uh, I think he's a big body that actually moves quite well, and I think his sort of PPM's good enough to be – I think it was last year I started going, geez, if this guy can ever get minutes, he's going to be pretty good. He appears to have, obviously, a motive that can handle it as well. Um, I – I think obviously his minutes had to be somewhat inflated last week. Was it 62 we worked out? Yeah, I believe it was 62 or 63, something like that. I think even with 55 minutes or somewhere between 50 and 55, he's he's probably a just above wave level guy that could be, you know when a real-life player has talent, which he obviously does, sort of meets opportunity in Supercoach, he becomes relevant. I think he's right on the bubble of that. Look, I... I see what you mean. Like, if he gets the minutes, um, he's got the got the talent to, to live up to a really high super coach billing. I, I just see a very similar problem here with Manly as kind of like was mentioned already with, with Canberra. You, you've got Coruscant playing 65 minutes with Finu now on the bench. Um, so that, there's that rotation there. So there's the 80-minute spot between the hooker. They've also got... 80 minutes being played by both second rowers and their lock forward. So if DePau's going to get big minutes as the other front rower opposite Fenil Blake, I, I just don't see where these minutes are coming from for Adam Fenil, Adam Fenil Blake to go go out and get your sort of 55 minutes. I just don't see it. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those ones that's really a pain that he got suspended, you know, for the week that he is because I would love to have seen another week of it um, and, and have – you know, have made the weight low end waiver claim that I'm going to suggest is, is you know a decent choice here, just to see it because now you're going to have to sit on him for a couple of weeks and it could just be a wasted roster spot yeah. at this crucial early part of the year. So I'm more inclined now that he's been suspended to think you might not have to waiver claim. Yeah, yeah um, take it through. If you could get him as a free agent stash and you've got the bench space, which I don't because I've got so many bloody injuries, winch winch. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I like that. I like that play. He could actually be quite startable this year. Yeah, no, that's right. Like we know, we're not asking him to be a, be a sixty point player. We're only asking no. him to be a a fifty point player with the occasional sixty point game, and that's that's fine. That's right. As a yeah, as a startable second front rower that you know to at least get you through. I, I think he yeah, I, I'm okay with that one. Um, as for the rest of the side, mate, um, Curtis Sirenen, what did you think? I liked him. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't like Curtis Sirian, but I liked him for fantasy. I was mm. against him this week, so I was. I was. That's probably why I noticed him so much because I was swearing every time he freaking offloaded. Um, 
I, I just don't think he's a very good real life player. But it, for fantasy, he just he was just trying to he was just throwing stupid offloads and, and what, whatever. That's that's good for Supercoach. He played eighty minutes, scored you sixty four points, and that's that's what you want. I I, I wouldn't mind Curtis Sheridan as a as a third second row forward. I think he's he's going to be fine. Um, he'll probably get injured eventually, but while he's fit and playing, you may as well ride it. I'd waver. Yep, I'm fine with that. Low-end waver. Probably went too late in most leagues just to the injuries that he has, um, and he's obviously not a long-term prospect because he touched wood. I'm rooting for him, mate. I hope he doesn't get injured, but unfortunately the history suggests otherwise. But low-end waver, on board. Um, let's not talk too much about the Roosters. I don't think there's not. There is one. There's one name. Don't say it. Don't say it. It's Fire up. I'm not going to name him. I don't want to name them. I don't want to name either of them. I'm just saying, grab either of your wingers uh, as free agents this week, plug them in, and then drop them the week after. Oh, thank God. That's all I'm going to say. Don't even need to say their names. <laughs> right And I'm not going to say the name of number 12 either, but I just... It's very interesting how that's developed with the limited minutes that Angus looked like a bust to me preseason. Now is looking like a bigger bust. Crichton, you're forbidden. You're forbidden. You can't do it, mate. I said don't draft Crichton early. I was quoted. I just, oh boy, has that gone badly? Would you buy low with Angus? Do you think it dramatically turns around? Oh, as a Roosters fan, I bloody hope so. Is there a risk here that this has gone spectacularly wrong and that? He's, let's forget about the fact that he's not starting right now. We know, obviously, he's going to get more minutes than he did on the weekend. But you've got to be somewhat concerned that that 80-minute role he had at South may not be there. Oh, yeah, I guess I guess 80 minutes. Yeah, maybe. Um, so he's not worthy of a round, early round two selection or even back into one that some leagues seem to do, which I thought was insanely high. Uh he, you know, that's more like looking like a mid-round three onwards, isn't it? Oh, look, I'd still take him in round two, no doubt about it. I don't think he's going to keep going here for that much longer. Like, I, I'm not that worried about Crichton. I, I really aren't. I, so I, you'd buy low. What You'd give up, uh, say you had a bit of depth in your 2RF. Say say you had a Curtis Sheridan on your bench, or let's just using him as an example, yeah. and you, you could put plug Curtis into your 2RF. Uh, you know, three and move everyone up. Uh, what What do you th- – sorry, sorry, my bad. Say you had a space for Crichton and, you you, you know, what would you do? What, what's your plan here? How high a, a player would you potentially part with? Oh, uh, you, you'd be mad not to give up Curtis Sheridan for Angus Crichton. Well, no, no, so, no, no, I've given the wrong – sorry. Oh, what I meant was you could – you've got a 2RF um, – you, you want to put Angus into your 2RF and you've got a surplus in another position. That's what I meant to say. Oh, so, right. you, you you know, you've, you've got a bit of a waiver gem or someone that, you know, you've got an extra hooker. Say Robbie Farrar and, and Hodgson, there's an example. And you think Robbie Farrar is going to maintain and be a gun? You say, fuck it, Hodgson. Yeah. Is that, you know, is that what you're doing? Is it that you go after Crichton in that example? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the perfect time to go and try and chase a guy like Crichton. I think where it gets difficult is where you've got guys who – have really outproduced their their draft position. Where after one week you're kind of thinking, "Geez, what what is what is John Bateman? You know what what is Britain Nakora now? Like they're both those two guys in particular play 80 minutes and have based 65. Like I'm, you're not like 
Crichton, where he's where he's drafted, if you're the Crichton owner, you're not you're not taking an offer for one of those guys. But if you're trying to be a buyer, if someone comes to you with Crichton and offered you him for one of those players, it's also very difficult for people to to kind of bite the bullet um, unless well, because you just don't know how long Crichton's going to keep playing in the in the seventeen jersey. It's kind of like a you almost want it to be a multiplayer deal, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Um, if you can give that guy a, a two or replacement that's having a good start, or like you, like a Bateman plus something, that sort of deal. If mm-hmm. you believe that Crichton will turn it around and become that, you know, that beast again, I think Crichton will be a big one discussed in trade talks this week. That's why I was I was figuring we'd bring it up. Yeah, he's a very good one because I think you could ask ten people and they all have a different opinion on exactly which week he gets the starting spot. If at all, like you could, it sounds like you're much more along the opinion of the fact that he's going to keep this um, this bench spot for a while until they're confident in his shoulder. Well, it's not even necessarily that. I just think maybe now with that rotation, then maybe there's enough doubt that he isn't an 80 minute guy. That could very well be the case. That yeah. and and you, if you're drafting Angus Crichton at the end of one, start of two, you bloody well drafted him as an 80 minute player. Let's be honest. There's yeah. no way, because because then his value. If he's only a 65 minute player, let's. I I by the way think he'll go to that level at some point, not too far away. There's no way you're spending that high a claim. No. So, sorry, uh, that that high draft pick. Yeah, um, I, know, I know what you mean. Oh, yeah, I draft pick claim. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you what would you take for him in terms of a centre winger though? That's where I think is interesting. Like one for yeah. one. Probably not many centre wings. You, like you're not getting masters for him. You're not getting. Well, you probably Latrell's interesting. Just yeah, you could. I'm sure if you packaged up one of the the decent CTWs in there with with a a two RF, you could probably prize away Crichton from a lot of play, um, owners this week. I, I would act now if you believe in Crichton, go right now. Go go a good CTW that you know isn't. I wouldn't necessarily go as high as Latrell or Masters, but you know, really anything below those two guns, I'd be happy enough to to part with if you believe. Yeah. No, yeah, I think Masters is about his value's really shot up after just one week. He he's almost he's 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 almost untradeable as a centre winger at the moment. He's just that good. Um, just get sixty five just about every week, sixty to sixty five. Okay, um, let's try and wrap through these last ones a bit quicker, mate. Um, I think this is probably the perfect game to do so with the Bulldogs coming up next at ANZ Stadium against the Eels. Not the a old, player, mate. Not a player, not even yeah. one. What about for Parramatta? No interest there. Uh, Parramatta, I mean, Reed scored. Uh, not really that interested there, not from a draft perspective anyway. Uh, Neocore, I mean, that's fine. He's, he's obviously filling a, a role at the moment. Do you have any interest there? Yeah, don't mind, don't mind him. Like, with Brown's injury, I think his role's more secure than it was this time a week ago. Yeah. He'll probably keep getting 80 now for a bit while longer. However, Junior Paulo's back, which could be bigger minutes for um, you know, both the front rowers. Alvaro and Paulo could also pick up those minutes. So who knows what goes on there. I think they probably will. I reckon that's probably – I read that as Alvaro and Paulo, just a sneaky few extra minutes, maybe you know, three to five. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's it tell you what it is. The, has the value of Sean Lane just got better as the every day that's gone past? <laughs> it's – it's actually insane. Yeah, it has. 
It has, it has really shot up. His role just keeps getting more secure in that side. Hang on. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. I, I don't want to go back to the Bulldogs. But how have they kept an unchanged lineup? Oh, it's it's unbelievable, mate. I it, that is such a poor side. It's they could be I don't but for the record, I don't think Parramatta's side's that great either, but what what you yeah. have to make a change. I know you want to stay loyal to your players. You, you you've worked so hard in the preseason with to do all these things, and you stay loyal, whatever. But when you get beaten by thirty-two points, yeah, yeah, I feel like just from I think you just morally have to make one change. You have to get do something. Give Hawaranira and Naira a start at least, or something. You know, yeah, Jackson Jackson to lock, push Elliot to the yeah, start, yeah. That that's the, to be honest, mate. That's the change I expected to see after, and the, and then you at least go all right. The new fellas in. Um, we obviously are big fans of Harry and Ira as well from Supercoach perspective. He's he's uh, he's a lively fella. Yeah, just anyway. I just I just noticed that and just yeah. thought, bloody hell, like what are the, what are they? I agree. Well, interesting one, mate. Is this one of those weird games where you look at both of those sides? You look at the defenses and you think, oh, there should be points here, but will there actually be the players to capitalize on said points? So. I feel like this could be one of these weird dower games that's not supposed to be that way. Yeah, it probably will be a bit of a stinker. <laughs> I really think it will be. You know, this this is re- reeks of a game where Will Hopawadi might just might just turn it on at fullback and just set up a couple of tries. Yeah, randomly Remus Smith scores a double or something. Yeah, yeah it is. It is one of those games. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bulldogs like fluke a win here. Uh, I don't know. And that, it's not a game I'll be particularly excited about. But let's let's can we get away from it, please? Because I don't see any other names there that interest me. All right, last game of the round, mate. Tigers at home to the Warriors. For the Tigers, um, you still got a, the same side as last week. However, Moses and Bai is on the extended bench. Um, he could be sniffing around. Um, but the way the Tigers played the other other day, I think they'll probably stick with this side for another another match and just give and buy a chance to get fully fit. Um, you know, they looked pretty good. The Tigers pretty solid. I know it wasn't um, wasn't great conditions throughout the week, and they were against Manly of all teams, so it wasn't like a, a huge scalp. But um, you've got Fanua, Momorowski, Robert Jennings. Good luck trying to know which of those is going to make way for Nofaluma when he comes back. Uh, um, I don't know what to think of all of those guys. Um they haven't really got high try scoring potential either, as you saw with Jennings only scoring seventeen on the weekend. I don't, I don't think he's going to get nearly as many tries this year, um, which kind of goes without saying, just given the top, the team he plays for now. But Robbie Farah is the big news. He's probably going to be number one waiver claim out there if he wasn't drafted. Um, do you kind of buy into him getting eighty and being a gun rest of season? I mean. Is this the way it's gone? Is there 80 minutes? Is that they're just going to ride him into the turf? Is this what we're seeing? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the bench is Packer, Thomas McKayley. I don't know who that is. Um, is McKayley, is he the young hooker? No, nah, he's a he's a, um, a forward, McKayley. McKayley. Yeah, I'm not familiar with him either. He's a, he's a rookie, so yeah, um, rookie forward, Alawai and Cheekham. Like, they're all... all Cheekham. Cool. Yeah, mate, Cheekham. Look... I, I guess you have to buy in, don't you? And if he is, wa- of course, he's waverable, especially if you need a hooker and you went you went light on with a Mahoney or a Granville. Like, if you were at that end, you've got to put a first waiver claim in. Um, I wouldn't 
really be burning a big claim if I was like, just for trade bait because, I, I mean, do you really think you're guaranteed to get someone to be interested in Robbie Farah? Probably not. But for the same token, if you need a, if you need a hooker, he's your guy to take a punt on. I think he's the perfect guy for someone that, in the scenario that you mentioned earlier. If you've got a if you've got a hooker that you're really happy with, he's the guy you go you go and if you believe in Farrah, you sell your other hooker and keep Farrah because you're going to get more value out of the trade that way because you're probably yeah. more likely to believe in Farrah's ability to be useful for your team and you're not going to get as much for Farrah as where you value him. So yeah, I think that's where he comes into play more so than than much else. It- a real interesting one would be if you're the McInnes owner but you believe in Robbie Farrah, for example, that could be a really good one. Yeah, definitely. He, he'd be one I'd look at. Um, all the other more established hookers, you know, like Cook Hodgson, Cam Smith, uh, Andrew McCulloch, probably just hang on to those. But in, in deeper leagues, mate, I mean, if I was in a 12 or a 16-team league and Robbie Farrah was somehow, you know, gettable or, or waverable, uh, that would be a good strategy you just mentioned. I'd take him over Chorus our rest of season, I reckon. Yeah, with Finau sort of sniffing around there, that's that's gone very poorly for Chorus mm. I mean, Farrow's big, big worry is injuries, but so is Chorus you know? Yeah, true. Very true. Uh, the other name I want to mention, mate, is um, what do you make of Luke Garner's performance? Yeah, he was good. Um, really good. Made a couple of, um, couple of near breaks and also made that one big break where he scored his try. He looked good. Um, didn't get 80, though, which was a bit of a, bit of a shame, but... Yeah, you know, if you picked him up, you'd be pretty happy with him. Um, he's probably out there in waivers in quite a few leagues still too, so he's worth a low in claim. Can he so, get eighty? Like, is it a chance that that was just week one eased in? Uh, I don't think so. I think Cheekham's role is to come on and give him a spell for the last twenty yeah. minutes or so. Yeah, I think you're all right. I'll check Cheekham's minutes, but watching the game, I th- that's what it felt like happened. What is what happened? Yep, yep. yep. I think you're dead right. That's Cheekham's a bad. That's the one on the bench that you see just. And, and, and obviously a poor forward bench makes it tough to get 80 minutes for him there as a rook. So, um, yeah, I've also got the very injury-prone Elijah Taylor there, though, which could always give him a chance of that extra public minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I'll just, yeah, just confirming, yeah, Cheekam got 15 minutes, yeah. uh, got 65. So that, that's that rotation there. Um, anyway, that, that's the thing. Low-end claim, you probably go it. Uh, on to the last team, mate, the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, had a great performance week one, as we mentioned. Um, which meant that Solomoni Qatar and Peter Hugh both <laughs> really well. Both started for my side thanks to injuries, so I can't really be unhappy about that. Uh, I love watching Solomoni when he's in full flight. He's good fun. Um, they're not season-long guys I'd be too excited about, but it's probably not the worst matchup, in fairness, uh, to bring both either of those two guys in just as a one-week special, but I, I don't think they're waverable. No, they're probably not. Um, what about Lachlan Burr? Yeah, interesting one. You see Papali is back on the bench. I still feel like he's a placeholder for B. Lachlan Burr, but like if you've got him, fire him up. And if you can get him as a free agent to play him this week, uh, you know, say a Tyson Brazil owner, yeah, he's fine as a start. But I'd just be nervous about Papali there. And um, I noticed you picked up Isaiah, I believe, Simon. Yeah, I spent I spent a waiver on him when I saw he got dropped. I, um, I saw him play in the preseason. I thought he looked all right. Um, Obviously, coming back from the the club being stood down, named in the seventeen jerseys, not not great. But I, I thought about it, mate. I, I must admit, I did look at it when the uh, gentleman now lead dropped him. I thought, oh, geez, this guy should come back into a role. But yeah, I, I'll I'll say that um, you know for Burr, I do believe it'll be just time limited. 
yeah, like you could even like you would not be shocked if the, the match was to start and you get a late change where Papa Lee is yeah. starting. He yeah. could start at lock, or he could also start at second row, pushing Blair to lock. Yep. Um, I think Papa Lee is kind of going to get a spot, whether it's you know late late change this week or whatever. Um, they a weird rotation, the Warriors. Really interesting rotation, what, what goes on there with um, with my boy Jazz, Jazz Tavanga. How good is he? I love Jazz Tavanga, mate. You do a little bit of Jazz, and that obviously went pretty well week one. So we'll oh, He's such a good super coach player. Just comes on and gets his 55 minutes off the bench. I'll tell you what, if he if he didn't actually rotate through hooker and just kept playing as a roving lock the whole game, holy crap, would he be good. <laughs> nice. Such a gun. But anyway... Um, that kind of wraps us up for waivers. Look, Adam Kieran, I guess, is probably that needs to be mentioned before we do um, pull the pin. Uh, waverable or not is my question to you. Because of the matchup, you want to think it's probably not. I just feel like it. You know, I gave us Tigers are pretty good defensively last year, so probably being a bit harsh, but I always think the Tigers are a chance of leaking points. Uh, look, I guess there is a rookie half tends to be very up and down. So we saw probably the best of him um, that you'll see all year. I think he's going to have upside in him to hit those, and he's obviously a bit of a sharpshooter, but you just can't rely on him. Like week in, week out, I don't think he's a bankable option. Uh, but if you have got some half trouble or you were starting the season with uh, the Parramatta half or any of those level guys, I think he's a fine roster stash. Yeah, that sums it up really well, mate. I'm pretty... Pretty confident in those. Um, anyone else you want to add before we run through the uh, the final claim rankings? No, mate. No, I'm happy enough. So I'm just kind of jotting down, jotting down the guys we've mentioned. Um, we're going to be pretty liberal with with ownership here. There's going to be guys we say that are just going to be owned in probably 80 to 90% of the leagues, if not high 90% of the leagues. Um, so we'll just kind of run through them. And the, the first couple we say... Um, if they're if they're available in your league, then just drop drop everything and go and put a claim for them now. Um, but kind of the, the order we'll go with: um, so Rapana one, yep, Para two, yep, Crimson three, yep, probably Fisher uh, Harris four, near yeah, Corey, or Fanua Blake five or near Corey five. No, I'd have near Corey above Fisher Harris. I think he's got more long term potential for mine. Oh, sorry. Are we talking Britain Nakora or Nakore from? Oh, my apologies. I thought you say Britain Nakora. Uh, Nakore. No, no. I like that. Fisher Harris over Nakore is fine. Yeah. And what sorry. was the other one you said? So to summarise, it was Brimson Nakora. Yeah. Then Fisher Harris. Yeah. If if Nakora is out there, I I, I like him a lot uh, in there. Uh, if it's Nakore, he definitely would be after Fisher Harris. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. Um. Fanua Blake, Jacob Host, probably Braden Burns. If you're going to say Jacob Host, I feel like you've got to put Alex Glenn around there mm. just because of the situation we mentioned. Yeah. What about David Fafida? He's hard. I, I can't get on board with that. I just think his situation is just not secure enough. I, I can't put a waiver on that. All right, we'll go. We'll go with those for now. Um, in terms of halves, if you're desperate for a half and you can't get your hands on Brimson, 
Um, just for the listeners' sake, who would you rank higher out of um, Adam Kieran and Dylan Brown? Got to go, Kieran. I'm, I'm going to have to go the the goal kicker, and I, I I think he looks like he's got that up. I know it's obviously convenient to see what he did week one, but I think he's he's a decent guy to take a punt on. Yeah. So if I had Brown, I'd potentially put a, a low end waiver claim in for Kieran. That's the best way to answer that. Nice. I like it. I like it. All right, mate. That pretty much sums us up for the first week of waivers or major waivers. Um, thanks for everyone that's listening. We are going to try and get this podcast up on the Supercoach Talk um, regular stream, podcast stream. So we've tried this many times before. Um, it hasn't quite worked out. So we're going to give it another crack uh, and see how we go. So hopefully you're listening to us on there. If not, and you're hitting us through um, the Podomatic feed or iTunes, um, or obviously – Happy to have you on that as well. Um, hit us up on Twitter for any questions at NRL Supercoach Talk Draft or on the Supercoach Talk website. Just go to the draft section. Um, that sums us up for another week. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, big good fun. Uh, week one's always a bigger podcast. We'll just we obviously uh, week to week usually not as uh, monstrous as this one is, but uh, been absolute pleasure and good luck, folks. Good stuff. Catch you later. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.